उपकाय धर्मस्वरूपिणे अवतार वरिष्ठाय रामकृष्णाय ते नम वसुदेवसुत कंसचाणुरमर्दनम देवकी परमानंदम कृष्णं वंदे जगत गुरुम् So in this Bhagavad Gita, the section which we are studying at present is the concept of karma, a karma and vikarma, which we start, have started for the last few classes. We have just taken two classes on this. Today we will be concluding that section. So just as a very quick recapitulation on the 16th verse of the fourth chapter, we found that Bhagavan is mentioning that king karma kima karmeti kavayo pyatra mohita tatte karma pravakshyami yaj gyatva moksha se ashubhat. That even the intelligent are confused, they are confounded as to the what is action and what is inaction. So therefore I shall tell you very clearly of action, knowing which uh, you become free, become freed from all sorts of evil, ashubha, moksha se ashubhat. And then in the 18th verse we found he is mentioning that karmani akarma yapashyat, the one who sees action in inaction, uh, karmani akarma, that in action one sees inaction. And what? Karmani cha karmaya. Akarmani cha karmaya. And action in inaction and action in inaction and inaction in action. So the one who sees that, he is buddhiman. He is the wise one. Sa yukta sakritsna karmakrit. He is yukta. He is always in association with the divine. Yukta means yoga. He is a yogi. He is always in association with the divine. And he is the one who has the master of actions. And then in the last class, we were studying the 19th verse in details. What it speaks, that how to develop that capacity of action in inaction and inaction in action. So this inaction in action. When the action is going on, but inwardly you feel that you are not working. It's a body-mind complex that is working. So how to develop that faculty? It started with a discussion on the 19th verse and all the various characteristics of a person who is established in inaction, even while he is acting, will be enunciated from the 19th to the 23rd, of which 19th and the 20th we studied in the last class. So what's that 19th verse speaks of? Yasya sarve samarambha kama sankalpa varjita gyanagni dagdha karmanam tamahu panditam buddha. Yasya sarve samarambha, all the undertakings. A person who 
undertakes all the undertakings all his responsibilities kama sankalpa varjita without any kama the desire sankalpa resolution this too shouldn't be there we say that how for all our actions there is kama and sankalpa without taking resolution we can never resort to action first comes kama that when i am passing down the street i have this suddenly i just i'm going through some shopping mall and just by the way seeing certain particular garment <coughs> just hang, hanging in the showcase the desire arises that let i just the desire first desire arises that it be mine and then you take the resolution that let me go and buy it so first the desire arises and then you take the resolution to resort to that desire to take to act as on that desire so this is kama sankalpa the one is kama sankalpa varjita who can be kama sankalpa varjita for the one for whom all his actions has been burnt as if with knowledge gyanagni dagdha karmanam tamahu pandita he is a wise man so first comes this gyanagni dagdha karmanam as in the last class in details we were discussing that we don't have a single mind our mind is having innumerable mental modules which we have developed in the process of evolution the moment the ahankara the ego comes into picture the self gets reflected in the psychophysical existence and the self now takes the reflection to be real and it thinks to be embodied in that psychophysical existence and it is already eternal but that now it wants to realize that eternity its fulfillment through that psychophysical existence from which all the desires arise as the example which we gave in the last class take a small microbe the moment give you you put some nutrient it is drawn towards it if you give some toxic in its toxin in its presence it is it runs away from it it re, it is repelled from it why it happens the self which is infinite which is eternal which is beyond all wants the moment it gets embodied it never gets embodied it feels it has got embodied by seeing its reflection it feels it is a part and parcel of that body mind complex it now tries to realize its eternity which is already there but it now tries to realize it through the body because now it has identified with the body mind complex so he knows uh, that even think that even that microbe knows that the nutrient is going to sustain its body mind complex so it is drawn towards it a toxin something poison is going to kill it its body mind complex is going to be disintegrated so it is repelled from it so that's how we develop either obsession or fight and flight response and all this obsession and the fight and flight response the obsession speaks of all our growth mode and the fight and flight response speaks of our protection mode these are the two major modes and there are several other modes which develops based on this 
to create innumerable mental modules. As we were saying, our mind is constituted of all these mental modules. It's not one mind. Now, at a time, only one mental module gets activated. Now, who is to decide that which mental module will get activated? No one. All the mental modules are there as per the environment. That as we were saying that when I am passing through the mall, the shopping complex, and I see the garment, a particular mental module gets activated seeing that garment. And that module has the fixed stimuli response conditioning. I like it. This fixed stimuli response conditioning is something which speaks of the karma, the desire. It arises spontaneously. The moment that module gets activated, it arises spontaneously. And from that comes the sankalpa. I will buy it. So just see, it's all the work of the mental modules. And how the mental modules have developed? Because of ahankara, the ego. The self which is infinite, the self which is all sufficient, starts feeling that it is not infinite. It has to be infinite. It has to become infinite. It has to get sufficiency by fulfilling the desires. Because it is now have developed the sense of ego. That ego is nothing but the reflection of the self in the psychophysical existence. And this ego forms the hub, as if like the hub of a will, <clears throat> with which all the desires are connected. They are like the spikes. All the innumerable mental modules are like the spikes which are connected to that hub called ego. Now, now here they are saying jnanagni dagdha karmanam. Jnana. What's the wisdom? That I have heard from my guru. I have heard from the scriptures. That I am not this limited self. It is an illusion. I am actually the conscious principle, the Brahman. The infinite conscious principle. I am not this limited being. It is because of ignorance I am feeling myself as this limited. After hearing this from my guru and the guru has instructed me, constantly contemplate on your real self. Don't get deluded by the ego. And for that, he has most probably given me a mantra. If I am a jnana yogi, it may be in the form of aham brahmasmi, and I am not this limited body-mind complex. I am that infinite, amness, brahma, came from brihdhatu, that which is big, that which is infinite, that which is non-local, which is not limited to this body-mind complex, and that. So this type of meditation, or even if you are a devotee, you must probably be a devotee of Krishna, or of Rama, or of any other form of divinity. Maybe it's the feminine form of the divinity. Maybe Durga, Kali, whatever it may be. What's the basic idea? No one thinks that my idea of divinity is something he's limited or she's limited. She's infinite. She or he was, is, will be. He or she is of infinite power, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. He or she is all-knowing. This is the concept of divinity, of whatever form of divinity I may believe in. This is the concept. 
and to that form of divinity how I am associated, not as a limited body-mind complex. No one feels that after death I will be annihilated. This body-mind complex is a flow. I am going to live eternally. Why I am always contemplating on the divine? Because I have become forgetful that I am actually in eternal association with the divine. To keep this idea always, what you see, alighted in your mind, to keep it kindled in your mind, again you go on repetition of the mantra. The small mantra speaks of what? I am infinite, the divine is infinite, and our association with, my divi with the divine is eternal. So you will find whatever may be the form of your meditation, whether you are a bhakta or you are a gani, your meditation actually speaks of hammering that ego constantly, incessantly. You're trying to hammer it out, that limited sense of your ego, that limited sense of individuality. And with the process, when that hub is taken off, ahankara is taken off, now all the spikes in the form of the mental modules which were connected to it, they all fall together, collapse together. So now you will find that these two are actually interlinked. This Gyanagni, Dagdha Karmanam and Kama Sankalpa Varjita. Most of us think that by will, by my willpower, I have to get rid of all the karma and all the sankalpa which results from the karma and that ultimately will take me to that jnana. So it's not true. Yes, willpower is required to take care of the desires which at present have manifested. Unless with willpower I calm down my mind, I cannot contemplate. As in the sixth chapter, the Bhagavan will speak of only two practices which constitute our entire spiritual journey. That is Abhyasa and Vairagya, nothing else. Vairagya speaks of that initial willpower required to take care of the manifested desire. <coughs> that of all the mental modules which you have, all doesn't become vyakta, manifested in, a, in one life. Whatever desire is suitable for this birth, that only gets manifested. Others are all hidden. All won't manifest in one life. And of all those desires which are disturbing me, those vyakta vasana, that I have to take care with my willpower, resolution to certain extent, to detach myself from that <coughs> so that I develop the basic calmness of the mind required for the contemplation of that idea that you are the self or you are a devotee. So that speaks of Abhyasa. So Vairagya and Abhyasa has to go hand in hand. But what results in liberation? It is this Abhyasa. With the Vairagya, you have calmed down your mind and then the Abhyasa knocks out that limited sense of individuality and then all the mental modules which were connected to that hub, whether they are Vyakta manifested or they are Abhyakta, they all collapse together. 
so primarily it is first comes the jnana and then comes the extinction extinction of all the desires so though i have started with the will power but it was taking care of only few mental modules and that also was not directly related to the my liberation the cause of my liberation was the contemplation that contemplation at last in a, this enkindled the real gyan when the ego was obliterated all the mental modules collapsed and then that illumination happened so now you will find that how these words are very much interrelated it is not separate words just speaking of different characteristics when your spiritual uh, realization at last takes you to that uh, what you say that realization the spiritual illumination takes you to that realization that you are the self you are the brahman the ultimate reality you are not this limited body mind complex then all the desires at a time falls off all falls off and that's the idea kama sankalpa vajita for such a person his actions may continue because of his prarabdha certain actions he has to go through as we told that the past impulse has resulted in this birth and that in this present birth you are placed in certain circumstances certain situations certain responsibilities and unless unless your prarabdha is exhausted the impulse which has resulted in this those actions has to go on whether it is sukha resident sukha or dukha whether it resonates in pleasure or in misery that is immaterial they have to be exhausted they have to be exhausted and but the only difference is the subjective feeling the one who is experiencing he neither gets elated by the so called all the joys and success of life nor he gets uh, dejected or he gets full of so he is not full of sorrow dejection if that the, the, what you say the way this life leads to some uh, um, what you say this pains and sorrows of in life it doesn't it's he is in no way affected that the connection with the happenings of life has been severed so that's the idea and he is the pandita pandita generally we translate as the one who is intelligent one who is wise but the real meaning of the word pandita is the one who is who has the knowledge of panda panda in sanskrit is synonymous to atman one who is have the knowledge of the self that the self is the infinite conscious principle one who has that knowledge he is the panda he is a pandita so it is he alone is a pandita for whom that knowledge has severed all the karma and sankalpa that's the idea so though he is acting sarva this this yasya sarve samarambha that action is going on but inwardly he is finds that he is totally detached the body mind complex is working he is just or she is just the witness he is in no way linked to that so that's the idea which has been spoken of in the 19th which we discussed in the last class so and then the 20th shloka what it speaks tyakya karma phala sangam nitya tripto nirasraya karmani abhipravrittopi 
नैव किंचित करोति सिस कर्मणी अभिप्रो हीज इन डीपली एनग्रॉस्ड इन एक्शन कर्मणी अभिप्रवृत्त फ्रॉम आउटवर्डली इट मे एपियर ही इज ट्रिमेंडसली अटैच टू एक्शन एंड देन नैव किंचित सो बट ही इज नॉट डूइंग एनीथिंग नैव किंचित ही इज नॉट डूइंग एस इवन इज एस ए स्मॉल ट्रेस ऑफ वर्क नथिंग हीज डूइंग हु त्यक्वा कर्म फल संगम दट द वन फॉर हूम द डिजायर टू एंजॉय द रिजल्ट ऑफ एक्शन एज फॉलो ऑफ once the mental modules are have collapsed the question of the desire to enjoy the results of action doesn't arise action is going on as per the prarabdha but the desire to enjoy the result of action has fallen off so that's the idea of tyaktiya karma phala sangam nitya tripta as is established in the self now the question of desire arising that this is the desire which Uh, when it gets fulfilled i will be tripta that wrong notion has fallen off he knows or she knows he is always tripta is a desires which like the waves clouds off the bliss factor obliterates the bliss factor of ourselves that ananda swarupata gets filtered out because of the desires in their life you will experience we think the fulfillment of desires gives us happiness but if we just say look in your own mind is it really the fulfillment of desire gives you happiness no it is a desirelessness that gives you happiness when your desire is fulfilled for the time being you are desireless when you are desireless there is no vritti in your mind i want this i want that that has fallen off mind is calm it is those vrittis that filters off the factor the tripti factor the joy if ever fulfilled that this factor the self is ever fulfilled this gets filtered out when these waves are there when a desire any desire is fulfilled for the time being the mind is calm is desireless and it is the self now which percolates through your psychophysical existence it expands expression and i feel i am tripta i think the because of the delusion that this is the desire the fulfillment of the desire has given me happiness but i miss the point <coughs> i don't realize it is actually the self getting established in the self for the time being which has given me happiness if i knew that i will never resort to these desires so for one whose mental modules has fallen off his mind is always at peace the tripti the sense of fulfillment which is of the self that finds expression without any hindrance so that's why he is nitya tripta so just see how wonderful these ideas are so tyaktya karma phala sangam is all asakti this desire to enjoy the results of action has fallen off he is nitya tripta nirasraya as we were saying that he or she doesn't need any support because he knows he or she is ever fulfilled why we need support because of our sense sense of lack of security when i feel that i am not secured i need some support 
And what is the cause of feeling of lack of security? That after all, there are so many factors which can harm me, which can kill me. If I knew that nothing can kill me, nothing can harm me, I am eternal. With that, the second chapter started. The fire cannot burn you, the air cannot dry you. So you are that eternal self and nothing can harm you. So why you should be thinking of taking someone's support for your sustenance? You are ever fulfilled, you are ever secured. There is no question of any danger for you <clears throat> because you alone exist. The Upanishads have a wonderful idea <coughs> that whenever there is two, there is bhaya. Because the, the, moment, the moment there are two, one may harm other. The moment you have the idea that you alone exist, nothing else is there, you become abhaya. Only from that sense of oneness, that abhaya, the idea of fearlessness can come. So when you are established in the self and you know that self alone abides, nothing else is there. There cannot be any fear. So the question of running to get hold of some support because of some factors which is there to harm me has fallen off. So he becomes nirasraya. And such a person, though he is engaged in action, karmanya abhipravrittopi, madly engrossed in action, naiva kinchit, he is actually doing nothing. So this is the idea which we will find again in the next three slokas, which we will study to conclude this section today, is expanded in, uh, with some other phrases which Bhagavan uses to explain the idea of inaction, inaction. He is saying this few more phrases he is adding. <clears throat> what is this? Nirashi. Nirashi yata chittatma tyakta sarva parigraha shariram kevalam karma kurvan na apnati kilvisham so nirashi the one who is bereft of ambitions asha <coughs> ambitions too many ambitions so one who is nirashi yata chittatma his body and mind is always controlled this parigraha means possessions. It doesn't mean literally you give away everything and just uh, sitting under a tree. That's the literal meaning. But the sarva parigraha actually means the, I, the sense of possessorship. That this is my house, this is my car. This idea of my, 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 mamatva. That speaks of Sarva Parigraha. For whom that I, this idea of ownership has fallen off. Tyakta, he has, he has renounced the idea of this possessiveness. He has relinquished or she has relinquished. Shariran Kevalam, the body is going on with its action. Kurvan Apnoti Kilvisham. See, he does not get tainted in any way by the actions. The actions are no more the binding factor for him. So nirashi. Nirashi means what? This ambitions. It speaks of 
आकाश कुसुम कल्पना यून इन अवर लाइफ यू विल फाइंड दैट सो मच वी गो ऑन प्लानिंग दैट आई हैव टू डू दिस आफ्टर दैट आई विल हैव टू डू दैट सो दिस स्पीक्स ऑफ आशा एंड समटाइम्स यू विल फाइंड दैट लाइफ टेक्स इट्स ओन कोर्स इट डजेंट फॉलो वट ऑल यू इमेजिन बट वी गो ऑन द वाइट इज कॉल्ड आकाश कुसुमा इट इज आकाश कुसुम मीन्स ए फ्लावर इन द स्काई और ए पैलेस इन द स्काई इट इज एन इमेजिनेशन इट्स नेवर पॉसिबल बट आवर आशा इज समथिंग समथिंग लाइक दैट इट मेक्स अस थिंग्स ऑफ सो मेनी थिंग्स विच आर प्रैक्टिकली नॉट पॉसिबल इट रिमाइंड्स ऑफ ए वेरी नाइस इंसिडेंट इन द लाइफ ऑफ रामकृष्ण रामकृष्ण सॉ दैट इज नेफ्यू हृदय हृदय was tending a what you say this a calf a male calf a male calf he was tending taking care of and ramakrishna asked why are you this taking care of this male calf and ridai told that i will just feed it and once it grows it becomes a bit big i will take it to back to shihar his village that is 150 kilometers away in those days there was no transport you know so you have to just make it walk down that entire 150 kilometers and i will take it there to use it for farming my land so just this plants hearing that sri ramakrishna immediately became unconscious he told that i just and then he when he regained his consciousness he told just see how the maya works this small calf and now this person have already made so many plans it will make it walk down to its village and then it will use it for his for cultivation and most probably is dreaming that he is going to get lot of crops just see how it makes us go on making plans after plan just we just uh, built a ladder to the sky so that's what is uh, spoken of as nirashi so when these mental modules are there you know that that's what they do this kama sankalpa results in asha you go on making plans after plan so when the karma sankalpa has fallen off the question of this expect i want this i want that and making a uh, building castles in the year this stops off he becomes nirashi yata chittatma he becomes his body and mind is controlled because the urge which all we we have to move outwards is because of those mental modules because of all these mental modules the urge for relating to the world develops when these mental modules has been subdued you become yata chittatma so he is disciplined in his mind and his body tyakta sarva parigraha so the idea of possessorship the possession that totally falls off now it's a very interesting thing even uh, if there is a certain diseased state where the idea of possession falls off there is a syndrome called capgras syndrome it's very interesting uh, a certain person suddenly one day morning gets up uh, looks at his looks at his mother and says oh you look like my mother but you are not my mother you are an imposter so he will be thinking all his relatives as imposter somehow they are impersonating as that 
as mother, father, but they are not actually. Most probably they have been kidnapped and it's a very serious disease. He starts shouting, he says, you are not my mother, you are not my father, you look like my mother, father. And when you take to the psychologist or psychiatrist, whatever it may be, they will say he has developed this Capgras syndrome. It's a very serious disease. What happens? Very interesting. As we told, that our perceptions are all piecemeal perceptions. The development of modern neurology helps us to understand so many things. What is this piecemeal perception? That when I'm looking at a flower, what are the things which uh, uh, defines the flower? Its color, its texture, its fragrance, smell. So now when I'm perceiving, the entire flower with its smell is not perceived in the brain in one place. That entire flower, the smell, nothing. The way the brain functions, the mind functions is wonderful. The color is perceived in the color perception center. If you are touching, its texture is perceived in some other center. Its fragrance is perceived in some other center. Even the shape of the flower, it is perceived in some other center. And this all synthesizes to give you the picture of the whole flower with the fragrance, with the texture. So, these piecemeal perceptions are actually the tanmatras. Tanmatras are not so are the small particles outside. The piecemeal perceptions are the tanmatras. These tanmatras synthesize to give the bhuta, panchabhuta. So this is happening constantly. When you are watching the movie, you can find that how it works. That you have the idea that the character which is speaking, the voice is coming from his mouth. But actually it is not so. <coughs> In the screen, it is only picture. Sound box is somewhere else. Sound is coming from there. Picture is coming from here. These two separate perceptions is being synthesized in your mind to give you the idea that this person is speaking. In the movie theater, it never happens. The sound is not coming from his mouth. It is coming from the sound box. So the synthesis happens in the mind to give you the idea that it is something whole. So it is not only perception. Some other synthesis also happens. Emotions also gets synthesized with your perception. When you are passing down the road, someone's house, however beautiful it is, you look at it, it never gives you joy, something... <clears throat> A sense of possessorship is not there. The joy which comes out from the sense of possession, the moment you see your house, immediately a type of joy comes. Because the emotion now also is now getting involved, is getting linked, synthesized with your perceptions. To give you that idea, this is my house. When you're looking at your mother, your father, along with the perception, the emotion is also getting synthesized to give you the feeling, this is my father, my mother, my father my husband, my wife, my children. If somehow in the mind that emotion, the center of emotion gets detached, that is a, that's like the wire has got cut off, there is a fuse with the center of emotion and the perception, the perception is perfect. It looks like my mother, but you are not, my emotion counterfactor has got detached from it, so you feel he is not my mother. So, because, even because of disease, the sense of possession, the sense of possessorship may fall off. It is called Capgras syndrome. Now you may say then, what's the difference between a spiritual practitioner with all his practice at last becomes a, this, a, a diseased person? 
many will say that all the hallucinations which happen is because of the distortion of the mind but this is here we have to understand the distortion of mind is something spiritual realization is something one through spiritual practice when has burnt off all the so called mental modules here the detachment is something because of his sadhana he has already done the same thing here somehow for some unknown reason for some disease state the detachment has happened and as he or she is not mentally prepared for it he or she is behaving in a peculiar way and not only that if he or she is cured again she develops that idea of possessorship once you somehow treat him cure him again that idea of possessorship that this is my mother this this will come back <coughs> but the one who through gyana has went there this detachment has happened out of wisdom as swami vivekananda used to say very wonderful thing in this world <coughs> you will find op- opposite poles look alike like infrared light i cannot see ultraviolet light i cannot see but it is pole apart <coughs> supersonic sound i cannot hear subsonic sound i cannot hear one is below 20 hertz one is above 20 hertz so above 20000 hertz so only between 20 to 20000 i can hear any sound which is above 20000 hertz i cannot hear so, but that 20000 that's a supersonic sound you know that's why supersonic flights will never go near the residential area <coughs> your glass will shatter you cannot hear but suddenly you will find your glass has shattered but their poles apart similarly the detachment of the sense of possession which comes because of spiritual realization and the sense of detachment which comes from a disease state or because of some drug or because of some defect from the birth itself this two are poles apart this two may look alike but this two are pole apart <clears throat> this which has came because of disease is not going to end up in liberation why because it is not based on it is not has developed from the idea that i am not the self i am not the limited body mind complex it is still there that idea is still there that you are this limited body mind complex somehow accidentally because of some disease or some drug that cut off has happened but you have not got rid of the idea that i am this limited self so that won't result in spiritual this liberation that's why whenever we speak of renunciation there we say as we'll find in the gospel of sri ramakrishna again and again what is saying bishoy birag ishore anurag only bishoy birag renunciate this you have developed a dispassion for the sensed pleasures of life <coughs> that doesn't enter in spiritual illumination ishore <coughs> anurag your what you say this attachment for your devotion for the spiritual ideal your attachment towards the spiritual ideal that i am the atman i am the brahman i am a devotee this has to be associated with with this vishaya virag with your dispassion for the worldly attachment this two has to go hand in hand otherwise dispassion may result from some mental aberration 
we find that mental patients do develop a sense of detachment from the world. The depressed patient have some detachment. So this is the idea which has even been spoken of in the Yoga Sutra. The fourth chapter of Patanjali Yoga Sutra starts this. The first sutra is very interesting of the fourth chapter. What it says? Janma Aushadhi Mantra Tapa Samadhija Siddhaya The state of Siddhi. Siddhi means perfection. Can come from Janma by, from, by birth because of some birth defect. Aushadhi. Nowadays they speak of drugs. All the drugs, you know, there was a trend that drugs can take you to samadhi. All the drugs, because it takes you to some altered state of consciousness. In Yoga Sutra, so much, so many years back, they have indicated, yes, you get a sense of that. Oshadhi, Janma, Tapa, through some meaningless austerity, through some austerity which is not based on the contemplation that I am the self or I am a devotee. You have developed some willpower with which you can detach your certain mental module from other mental modules. You can do that. But it is not based on the idea, I am the infinite self. So that type of tapa. And samadhi. This is the real one. And samadhi. This all can give you that apparent siddhi. After saying that in the first uh, sutra of the fourth chapter, in the sixth sutra it will say, as, as discussing, I am not uh, re referring to the second, third, fourth and fifth because it is just an elaboration of the first. The sixth then gives the conclusion. Tatra dhyanajam anashayam. Only that that's, uh, <clears throat> that state of perfection which results from dhyana, from the contemplation that you are the self, you are the devotee. That results in anashayam. That takes you to a state which is no more afflictive. Anashayam means affliction. It won't cause you any pain, any, <coughs> uh, what you say, a, a disease state. It, will it won't result in any disease state. It won't cause any pain. Only that dhyana can take you to that. So that's the idea which we have to understand when we are studying this. So tyakta sarva parigraha. It's not a disease state. When through your contemplation you go to that state, then just like a person who is suffering from Capra syndrome, it may happen that you develop that sense of that, uh, that idea that nothing belongs to me. But that is based on knowledge. And you can will never be deviated from that. It will take you to that highest spiritual liberation. And as Sri Ramakrishna gives a very funny example that sometimes we do get some siddhi because of some meaningless practices but it doesn't enter in spiritual emancipation. He says one day a magician was showing some magic. He was just reciting this abracabra that they say this. He was reciting something and showing some magic and suddenly his tongue got inverted and got fixed in the palate, the upper palate, and his breathing stopped. It's in Hatha Yoga, that's the practice with, by which you can uh, become, uh, you can stay, you can sustain yourself even without breathing for prolonged period of time. And this, suddenly this man became inert and he stopped showing magic. 
all the people were waiting for some time and then they found he is not gaining his consciousness they thought he has died he was so looking like an inert person so they buried him thinking that he is dead and after years together someone while cultivating the land just by plowing the land this somehow just removed the soil and this person popped up came up he was visible and in the process of all this movement his tongue his tongue somehow <clears throat> got disconnected from the palate and he started breathing normally and now years have passed by but he has no memory of it he was like in a coma state the moment his memory came back he again started chanting abra gabra dabra so that's the ramakrishna's uh, way that he again started doing that so what that it has not actually brought in any as such illumination it was just a temporary cut off so like just capgras syndrome there somehow he got inert but the mental modules are still there because the ego is still intact the moment that ego has to be taken out then only the mental modules can collapse otherwise they can stay in avyakta state unmanifested state for ages together again to sprout back as sri ramakrishna says a seed was lying on the terrace for years together one day a strong wind came it was blown off and it fell on the soil on the ground and it sprouted so that's what may happen so if unless our mental modules have been totally ex- burnt off <coughs> have collapsed because of the uh, f- falling off of the ego they are still lying in the avyakta state to find manifestation again so when we are speaking of this tyakta sarva parigraha we will have to understand that gyanagni dagdha karmanam has already been speaker spoken of that already the gyanagni has burnt your all your desires so from that when that sarva parigraha comes it speaks of a state of spiritual illumination so for such a person again the second line is always almost a repetition that the body is working but you are not getting tainted as there is no sense of identity so shariram kevalam karma kurvan na apnoti kilvisham so you are not in any way tainted because you have no sense of possessions possession attachment to it so it in no way can taint you so that's the idea spoken of in the 21st verse in the 22nd verse what it says yadrichha lava santushto dvandvatito vimatsara sama siddhava siddhauchya kritvapi na nibadhyate yadrichhalava santishta so personal he is very much content he nai he doesn't go on seeking that whatever comes by chance by par chance without any effort he is happy with that so content with what comes without effort <clears throat> in our scriptures they speak of ajagaravritti ajagaravritti the python generally it doesn't moves out for its prey it will be lying in its one place the prey comes happens to come to its mouth itself it will be just lying in one place whatever comes in its vicinity it simply just will be swallowing it so without any effort whatever is coming to it that is called ajagaravritti so that's why it's spoken of as yadrichhalava santushta that whatever chance may bring he is happy with that yadrichhalava santushta dvandvatita dvanda the dualities sukha dukha 
this has fallen off. This is unaffected by the pairs of opposites. Free from envy, vimatsara. He has no sense of envy towards others. Sama siddhava siddhocha. Siddha asiddhi. Siddhi asiddhi. One who is unperturbed in success and failure. Sama siddhava siddhocha. Kritwapi nanipa. Though he is acting. So this last phrase is again the same thing. Though he is acting, he is never get bound. He never gets bound. So what's the idea? Again, it's this Yadrichalava Santushta speaks of seeking not. He seeks not. That again and again we are saying that as per the circumstance of life, in whatever he has been placed, he has to act. <clears throat> and as per his actions, uh, naturally he will be enjoying certain, from the external point of view, he will be enjoying certain positions in life. But he is not seeking. It is his course of life has taken him there. It's not a constantly he is chasing after something. So he is not seeking. <clears throat> and at the same time he is not avoiding. That not avoiding is being spoken of by Dvandvatita. That as he is not seeking, at the same time if there is some situation which results in distress, he doesn't avoid. Because he is in no way perturbed by the results of his actions. So when one is Yadrichalavasantushta, one is unperturbed by the circumstances. And then what happens in such a person, being free from the dualities of good and bad, happiness and misery, so he knows that, that what is happening, it is that he is always, that knowing that they always go together and that they are obverse and reverse of the same coin. There is happiness and sorrow. In this life, there cannot be unadulterated happiness. It has to ha happiness is because of your association with certain things. And as this life is a flow, whatever you as whatever you get associated with <coughs> has to get dissociated today or tomorrow. <coughs> as the scripture says very nicely, that our life is just like some pieces of cork flowing down the stream. And these pieces of cork you will find sometimes two pieces will come together, flow together for some time and again they get separated. So they say our life, our relations are like that. We are like this piece of cork flowing in this stream of life. In this life somehow a few cork came together whom I am saying my father, my mother, my brother, my sister. Again it is getting separated. Again it is getting associated with some other cork, maybe in some other life. That's what is going on. There is no as such eternal association here. This relationship. That's why even in uh, <clears throat> this, uh, you know, in Bhagavatam there is an episode where the king has passed away and this, the wives of the king, the three, this, he had these three wives, they were crying piteously, praying to Yama to bring back their husband to life and the Yama seeing their piteous condition at last agrees that why not that before bringing back your husband to life why not I will just uh, make a provision where you can have an interaction with the spirit of your husband the king who has passed away first let uh, let you know his opinion and then I can bring him back <clears throat> and when 
that uh, they agreed to that they thought that after all king loved us so much <clears throat> he of course will be willing to come back to his body and when the interaction was made possible because of yama in this bhagavatam and this the moment the yama asks that you want uh, this these are your wives you want to come back to life and immediately he's because now he has already died he can relate to this so many succession of lives and deaths he he asks oh yama of which birth you are speaking of in which birth they were my wife they were my husband because he is speaking from a different perspective and then these three wives they realize <coughs> that this what with this life we are attached to it changes the moment we die again so we will be born in some other circumstances so there is no nothing called eternal association in this life it is just a flow so if this is a flow then the what is the question of this uh, being happy with the association and again dejected with when these things get disassociated so you have developed that attitude that because of my prarabdha i am in this flow and this as i am in the flow i happen to come in association with someone but i don't have the sense of possessorship as a result even when they get detached there is no question of unhappiness so happiness and this polarity stops for you so that's the idea of dwandavatita that <clears throat> by chance all the th- associations are happening again it is a law of nature everything will be dissociated i neither get elated by the associations with the things of nature relations and the things of nature and i never get dejected when again they get dissociated so that speaks of dwandavatita vimatsa without envy when you are satisfied by whatever comes by by chance per chance there is no question of comparison comparison comes only from kartritva i through my uh, effort have gained this i think and i am very much sufficient i am i am having a sense of sufficiency and i find someone is more rich than me <coughs> more reputed than me this competition sense of competition comes from kartritva 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 has fallen off you know that your prarabdha is working through you you as such have no such desire you are yadritcha lava santishta whatever by chance may come to you with that you are satisfied the question of comparison doesn't come and once the question of comparison doesn't come there cannot be any envy envy comes from comparison my wealth your wealth all the envy comes from comparison matsarya comes from comparison so that has fallen off because you are satisfied with whatever chance may bring so that's why you are vimatsara so sama siddha va siddha siddhi asiddhi that you are neither in any way elated by the success nor by the failure that because of my prarabdha my past tendencies the body is acting in a particular situation in a particular way there are so many other factors apart from my effort which results in siddhi and asiddhi i cannot i never take care of all those things so i do to the best of my ability and there it ends as an instrument in the hand of divine <clears throat> the divine is working through me this idea of yagya will also come in the next sloka i am just working the result i am in no way 
having the idea of bhaktritva so i am neither uh, means as i have no karma i have no sense of bhaktritva siddhi asiddhi doesn't perturb me so sama this this again one who is yadrichalava sandishta he is never bothered about the outcome of his or her endeavor so <clears throat> he is even minded in success and failure so such a person kritvaapi nanibadhyate such a person though acting is never bound so it is not the action that binds us it is our orientation behind the action that binds us if our orientation behind the action is <coughs> idea of doership the idea of enjoyership kartritva and bhaktitva then only the question of being bounded by the action comes if you are always aware of the fact that you are one with the divine you are in essence the divine and all the actions the body mind complex is going through you are in no way attached to it the actions can in no way bind you so that's the idea which has been spoken of in the 22nd shloka and the last last verse in this section is the 23rd gata sangasya muktasya gyana avasthita chetasa yagya yacharata karma samagram pravilyate gata sangasya all your attachment has fallen off devoid of attachment gata gata means past tense that it was there it is no more there you are no more attached in any way it is something has become past gata gata sangasya you are devoid of them muktasya so once the attachment falls off you are mukta freed you are liberated liberated from the shackles of all this bondage in the form of the sensory pleasures of life muktasya gyana avasthita chetasa you are always established in the knowledge of the self gyana avasthita chetasa the mind is always centered in the spiritual knowledge yagya yachar so his action still continues with the idea of yagya yagya yacharata performing work for yagya alone samagram pravilyate this karma samagram this all your actions is pravilyate it dissolves it merges it's no more there to disturb you so what's the idea same that one has got rid of attachment who is spring free from the craving of the results his gata sangasya muktasya the one who has devoid of the idea of kartritva and bhaktritva and gyana avasthita chetasa so one whose mind is always fixed in the knowledge so actually the one whose mind is always fixed in the that knowledge <coughs> that i am the self i am the atman i am not this body mind complex i am just the witness of what's going through it so naturally for him he becomes mukta and he the one who is mukta he becomes gata sanga all attachment falls off so how these three are related that uh, story incident in the swami vivekananda's life which we relate again and again that will give you the link between these three that gyana avasthita chetasa results in mukti then mukti results in gata sangasya how that swami vivekananda says that when he was a wandering monk he was passing through the desert he was thirsty and he saw a huge reservoir at a distance he started approaching it and then suddenly it vanished 
and then he realized that till from his childhood he has heard of mirage he has read it in his textbooks for the first time he realized he saw what mirage is till now it was just an intellectual knowledge today it became a realization so what's the difference it makes so this is jnana till now it was just it, as long as it was an intellectual knowledge it was not jnana the real jnana is realization so today it happened <coughs> that knowledge dawned so now he is jnana avasthita this knowledge is not going to <coughs> be taken away from him at any time once you realize that what the mirage is it is this realization is something which is going to stay with you as long as you read in the book it was just an intellectual knowledge it didn't help you but now it is going to help you how next day when you are again traveling as you are gyana avasthita when you read it in the textbook you were not gyana avasthita but once you realize now you are gyana avasthita you are you are staying in that knowledge as you are staying in that knowledge so next day when you again are traveling through the desert again you are thirsty again you see the reservoir but now as you are gyana avasthita you become mukta how mukat mukta yesterday it dragged you today you see it as you are in your body mind complex it's not that yesterday i have uh, seen the mirage today i won't see again i see the reservoir but today i am mukta it has lost the power to drag me i know it's just a mere projection and once it has lost the power to drag me gata sangasya there is no question of attachment so this three you will find a link that once you become gyana avasthita you are bound to be mukta you become jivan mukta and no more the desires can in any way bind you they are gata sanga they used to be there but in no way they are going to uh, bind you in any way so that's the idea of this three this phrases which bhagwan is using to explain the idea of this action uh, in uh, this inaction inaction and then what is saying yagyaya so when that has happened but because of my prarabdha i will still continue to act so what should be the motivation of my action again the gyana what's the gyana that all the impulses for action is actually the plan of the divine when god created this creation he created it along with yagya if you remember that shloka in the second chapter what was the idea sahayagya sorry in the third chapter sahayagya prajasrishto purvacha prajapati when this creation happened the creator created this creation along with yagya if you take literally the yagya means fire sacrifice it makes no meaning what's the real idea of yagya is the idea of <coughs> interdependence this is the idea of yagya i give i receive i give something i receive something this is the thing which is the plan of the universe without which without this synergy the universe cannot doesn't exist so that's why nowadays they say our genes are altruistic that the love which a mother feels for the child 
If the mother thinks I am loving the child, she is bound. Since some way or other expectation is bound to come. If she is aware of the fact that this motherly love is something which is implanted in my heart, I could have been made in such a way by the divine that I never feel any attraction for the child. The mother's attachment to the child, that the love which flows from his heart, can she claim it is she who is loving? It has already been programmed in such a way that the mother is bound to love the child. In the entire creation, what to speak of human being, have you seen any mother not loving the child? You go to the animal kingdom, the God has planned to sustain the nature, to sustain your own creation, Sahayagya. Seeing a beggar, I feel like, as I feel that some compassion is uh, what's growing in me, and that makes me to give some, most probably some coins or some money to that person. And if I feel it is I who am compassionate, I am bound. If I am aware of the fact that love <coughs> the divine has implanted in me, I would have been created. The God would have, if he wanted, he could have uh, programmed us in a totally different way where compassion is not there at all. That love which we feel is welling up from your heart is not something which you can claim is yours. <laughs> we have been born with that. So that is the idea of yagya. That it is a God to take care of his creation makes you relate to the world through love, through cooperation, through empathy. And knowing yourself to be the instrument in the hand of divine. You are just working. The God is working through me to take care of his creation. I have lost the sense of, I have got rid of the sense of the doer, the enjoyer. I am just the instrument in the hand of divine, it is the divine who is working through me. That speaks of yagya acharata karma, yagya acharata karma, yagya acharata karma. The one who is performing action, that after getting rid of the desire, still he is continuing with the actions. With this idea of that Lord is performing his, uh, his action through me, I am just the instrument. For him, samagran praviliyate. Once the prarabdha is exhausted, this no karma remains to bring him back again, to gravitate him back again to this world of phenomenal existence. He becomes liberated. So that's samagran, all his actions gets dissolved, praviliyate, dissolves away the entire action. So that's the idea which has been spoken of. That, uh, that they say that there are three types of karma, Sanchita karma, Prarabdha karma, and Kriyamana karma. Sanchita karma means Prarabdha karma, the actions which have started uh, this yielding results, they are the Prarabdha. Sanchita, there are so many actions in this birth, they won't be uh, yielding result. They are stored. And Kriyamana, all the actions which I am doing, they are creating new results. So they say, in your scriptures they say that when you get established in knowledge, then what happens? The Sanchita and the Kriyamana, they get exhausted. They are not, they, they are not going to be fructified anymore. Only the Prarabdha has to be fructified. It has, it, it has to be exhausted. And once that is exhausted, no action remains to bind you. And they give a very nice example that a hunter was uh, with his bow and arrow was uh, was aiming at a bird from its quiver on the back 
He had a quiver in which the arrows were stored. So he took one arrow and aiming at the bird sitting on the branch, he shot one arrow. He shot one arrow. And then he thought most probably this I may miss the mark. So he took the second arrow, put it on his bow and was about to shoot it. Was about to shoot it. And then suddenly that idea of Ahimsa came to him. I shouldn't hurt others. Now very nicely they are saying, the arrow which is in my hand, that is Kriyamana Karma, the action which I am going to do, that has fallen off, you won't shoot it anymore. All the arrows which are on the quiver, they are Sanchita. They are also not going to be used anymore because uh, Ahimsa, that the non-violence has dawned in you, so you are not going to use them anymore. The one which you are holding, that you are not going to shoot. But the one which you have already shot, whether it misses the mark or whether it hits the mark, that is not in your hand. It has already been shot. So that way prarabdha has to be exhausted. Once it's exhausted, there is no more karma to bind you. And that's the idea of samagram praviliyate. Your prarabdha gets exhausted and that also you are doing with a sense of yajna and then there is no more action that can bind you. They all dissolve. So that's with that, the section of this karma, action in inaction and action in action is concluded. So we will start with a new section again in the next class. With this, we stop our discussion today. Thank you all. Namaskar.